Welcome back. We are back on it like a car bonnet. Back to give a bit of an update on what's happening in the marketplace. Matt, how's it going? What's what's been the go? What's what's cracking? What's happening in the market? What's making the market? Uh, look, it's been um, not super exciting to be honest with you. Um, oh, look, we, we did see we saw a little bit of a decline in heavy cattle prices, heavy steer prices, um, but nothing to really rave home about significantly. That's still sitting historically pretty good at about four sixty cents a kilo carcass weight on the eastern coast. But we are starting to see some some pressure being applied to truck land prices. Uh, you know, with the spring flush, although the spring flush has been slow to get going in Victoria. Um, you know, the, the, the Eastern States trade lamb indicators just hanging there above uh, 900 cents now, but it did dip below uh, 900 cents during the week, got to 880 or thereabouts. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of pressure coming in with spring flush. But the interesting thing, Andrew, the numbers just came out today for yardings uh, throughput in Victoria. And normally this time of the year, we should be seeing about 60,000, 65,000 head hitting the sale yards in Victoria. And Last week it was um, getting there, fifty-one thousand head. But um, this week it's dropped off again. Back, just lucky to be making forty-two thousand. It's, it's it's obvious. Of course, it's going to drop back down. You know, mm. like going to the shipyards was an essential service. You could go and do that. You couldn't go to the pub. Lockdown's over. Everyone's thinking, to hell with going down the yards. Let's go to the pub. Well, when you look at when you look at the slaughter figures into late July for lamb in Victoria, they were elevated on the higher end of normal. And also the throughput figures in, in the latter part of uh, winter were, were elevated as well. And, and that was when there was a bit of discussion around concerns with COVID in Victoria and processes shutting down and workforce problems. So I'm wondering whether there may have been some producers that thought, look, prices are good. I've got my lambs, they're a bit light, but I'll, rather than taking them through to, to trade or heavyweight, I'll take them in now. And... Um, you know, so there was a, there was an increase both in kind of over the hooks slaughter type stuff and also yardings. So maybe maybe with um, with that producers have kind of taken a few earlier. Now they're just having a bit of a spell, uh, and then take the rest maybe um, a bit late. You know, into later part of the the season or into into the new year, given how good the season is and how much grass around. Maybe they've just kind of split between that. One, real- one, one, one of the things, oh yeah, sheep. Yeah, we're talking about mainly lamb. Lamb, yeah. One of the things that I like about being an ag analyst, yeah, if you can call mm. us that. Well, the two of us are both junior and ag analysts. Uh, novices. Novices at this game. Mm. You can talk about something controversial. You can talk about GM, yeah? Mm. You can talk about, and you get a bit of flack, you know, a couple of, couple of greenies or whatever will say, oh, GM's bad, blah, blah, blah. Glyphosate's bad. Live export's bad. What is the most controversial topic you can talk about in agriculture? Um, the most controversial one. Jeez, oh, you This is going to be a. I'm sure this is whatever I say. It's going to be wrong. Oh, you're probably going to be um, wrong just because you're generally wrong. But it's what kind of sheep? I was going to say what, what kind of what kind of sheep can you be bloody buying? Okay. Like, geez, geez, okay. Geez, I watched. I watched. Uh, I watched Twitter. You, you put out an analysis looking at um, shed and sheep versus compost versus merino. Yeah, that's right. Actually, it was. Uh, it was one of those. One of the. One of the 
antagonists, I guess you, for want of a better description um, on Twitter there, I noticed there was a little bit of back and forth between a couple of, it will keep, oh, I was just about to name one of them anyway. So we had Andrew Freshwater on a little while back, mate, and um, anyone that's listened to that podcast know, and, or anyone that knows Andrew knows that he's um, not shy to give a view, which is good. Um, whether, you, whether you agree with him or not, that's, that's not by the by, but um, we always like people that have got a strong opinion and prepared to back it up, and Andrew's certainly one of them. Um, must be something in the name, mate. Must be. Um, yeah, so, so we've had him on in the past, but then he actually approached us because uh, he'd seen some analysis done uh, looking at that shedding versus merino versus composite uh, as to, you because know, there was that price spike we saw for Australian whites in New South Wales and Auctions Plus in September. We saw there was a particular um, farm, Taddy Keel, that have got, particular genetics and yeah but that, that was a one-off that was a thirteen hundred dollar sheep yeah yeah, that, yeah that was, was, that was sm- small small numbers and one off yeah 10 of them i think uh was sold 10, and and 10. so yeah. it's not really a valid thing to look at really unless that was oh, oh no but there's been yeah no but but then so what we did so, so there was analysis done that, that looked at at that and, and andrew freshwater took took a bit of offense that that some of the numbers used were were kind of referencing these outlier prices, I guess. But anyway, very but, high. but but going going forward to it, we did the analysis you did the analysis mm. and they're pretty much all the same well, we, really. Well yeah we re, we we were in the analysis ourselves looking at the actual not rather than the, the headline in one sale for one sale yard. We looked at the average figures for both six months and also the average figures for October in terms of purchase price for a scanned inland U of those three types and, and then said, well, you know, based on the kind of approximate average benchmarks for things like landmarking rates and, you know, the average kind of cut that you could expect to get across the country for your wool and what the value of that is. And so we, we read all the numbers across the averages. So obviously not, you know, your, your top 20% producers, but looking at if you're in, in amongst the main group in terms of what you're producing, how many lambs you're marking, what kind of wool you're cutting, if you've got the non-shedding, uh, the non-shedding varieties. Uh, and we basically figured out what was the payoff, how long it was going to take to pay off each of those varieties. Um, and I have a quick summary, like on the six-month pricing that took into account those, those kind of extraordinary Australian white prices, uh, you looked at buying a Scandian lamb ewe for $505 a head over the last six months, and the payoff for that was nearly two years, whereas the Merinos and the Composites were around the 280 290 mark dollars per head to buy them over the last six months, that's been the price. And the payoff for those is about one and a half years. Um, yeah, but, but if you look at October, so the October data, um, the, the shedding varieties have actually dropped back to normal kind of levels, close to just under 400 bucks a head for a, for a Scandinavian lamb ewe. And the merinos and the composites have lifted to about 320, 325 a head. So those figures, they're pretty much all, you know, 1.6, so 1.7 year payoff. So it's really... It's and this is the thing. It, it those type of modelling thing is is a rough guide. It's almost like a kind of you can throw your own figures in and work out what you want. But it's it's an approximate. It's a guide. But also again, this is the thing. Arguing about what type of sheep you should be doing. It's down to individual preference and individual mm. operation. It's always whenever we do that any kind of marginal model analysis. You know, you, you, you yeah, you, you're taking an approximate guide and you're not focusing on a particular. It's high level. It's, it's an overview. That's yeah, it correct. Yeah. So otherwise, I mean, you'd be, otherwise you'd be writing six hundred articles. Yeah. <laughs> or you, or you'd be, or you'd be an on-farm consultant doing it just for your client. But yeah. um, but I mean, every time we do it, we invariably on social media we get a comment to say, 
you know, you've used 135% marking rate and I get 175%. And it's like, well, that's good for you. But, you know, the average is 135, you know, given a normal season and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, so that's what we're looking at. But I mean, I noted even, I put something else out a month ago on um, cattle prices and looking at buying young cattle and fattening and grass, grass backgrounding kind of grass trade um, fattening scenario. And I used a $250 um, operating cost that I added into that particular margin. And then I had, you know, it's been out there for a month, but, you know, sure as eggs, there's a, a um, some on-farm consultant said oh, I was under underselling it because I was using just two hundred fifty dollars a head cost where I didn't take into account fixed costs and but depreciation. I, I, I saw another similar somebody doing a similar margin model and didn't pay any costs in. So it's well, sort of then, like yeah. you, you got to account for something and, and, and use a sort of an average, and that's all it is. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like it's I don't know. At least again, you put something out there and you put your name against it. And it creates some discussion. Now, look, I don't mind people coming through and querying stuff. That sometimes, sometimes that's where you get, you know, the ability, Andrew, to um, to improve upon what you're doing. If you're getting this good uh, good feedback from from the listeners and stuff, and, and people that subscribe to the service, um, you know, bit like with a bit like with your um, your fertilizer fertilizer yeah. model, yeah, you had a bit of you had a little bit of kind of feedback from that one, didn't you? Yeah, I got a bit of bit of feedback. We had some some interesting feedback from from. Some fertilizer companies, but a bit more constructive than the feedback you got in a previous life when you put Possibly. some stuff in on. <laughs> so anyway, but the uh, that's a good point. Yeah, the fertilizer markets have gone absolutely crazy. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about it just now at all, other than it's gone crazy because I want to save my voice for that because oh, yeah. uh, the Victorian yes. Farmers Federation have invited us along to. They've got a good idea at the moment is. They're getting a lot of calls about supply chain disruption. You know, can't get access to containers, can't get machinery parts, can't get, uh, or fertilizer is expensive, glyphosate's expensive. So they said, well, why don't we get Andrew on to talk about fertilizer and chemicals, uh, another person on from the container alliance to talk about containers, and somebody else from the machinery industry to talk about machinery. So be a good night. Uh, look, you can jump on, you can find it on the Twitter um, free webinar. Basically, you can. Seven o'clock at night, half seven at night, you grab yourself a beer and sit back, close your eyes, and listen to me talk about fertilizing things. Uh, so jump Did you on. Say you can find about it on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Yeah. Right, okay. It sounds like an eighty-year-old. Oh, I'm on the Twitter last night. And uh, you know, I guess for everyone that's you know, everyone wants to come along. I'll see you next Tuesday on that one. <laughs> um, it's and you're one of three um, presenters. You'd be the only presenter with a. Uh, a, a Scotch accent, I presume. I, I don't know the other ones, so I can't. I can neither confirm okay. nor deny. But you I might need to. You might need I to do, dial I, up. I do know. That I'm, I know I'm. I'm speaking first, so I could mm. dial up a bit, couldn't I? I reckon you should because. Um, oh, there's been a big problem with the fertilizer market. It's it's only going one way from here on in, and it's going up. Um, or, or I could do it like. Like Liz, Liz, we had on before, uh, from uh, from Curtin Uni, yeah, you know, from her time in Newcastle, like oh, in a Geordie accent. We go, why are you, man? Fertilizer's gone way up through the market, man. It's not gone down here from here, man. That's, <laughs> that's not Jamaican. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> um, I think you stick with the with the Scottish accent because um, 
I mentioned on last podcast we did um, mention my sister Liz and her love of Warwick Long, or no, I should say crush of Warwick Long. Um, and then within the day, Warwick Long has posted a photo of himself with this tragic-looking moustache. Have you seen it? It's half done. Uh, so I sent that off to her and she just she quickly retreated. But then she's come out with a very surprising statement from my perspective. Um, it, she said, no, she's not as keen on Warwick Long. She, he doesn't have a, a Scottish accent like someone on the podcast. Well, I'm just wondering. I might, I, might start, I, might, I might start hamming it up while we're just going just now into the grain talk. <laughs> yeah. So people say we're quite close by the sound of things, but um, we could be uh, could be in-laws at some stage in the future. Well, get rid of the my missus. Uh, the other the other thing as well. It's funny funny you should say that. Yeah, Alice, uh, Alistair Lawson, uh, actually Chris Lawson's brother, mm-hmm. sent, sent me some videos. I haven't actually told you this either. He sent mm-hmm. me some videos that I did with them in South Australia back mm-hmm. in back in February on Presenting. Green, green Market 101 type of thing, yeah? Mm. And uh, I was listening, and he said, well, can you listen to watch these and listen back? And I was like, okay, yeah, no worries. God, that was the worst 10 minutes of my life. Like, look, the, the content was obviously very good. But I was thinking it back, I was thinking, I don't fucking sound like that, do I? <laughs> like, Jesus. Who, there, is this, is that's this, the reason for the explicit like now you've you said i'm the one that drops the f-bomb all the time and you've just done it there i, fl- I said flipping and yeah but i thought i don't sound i sound like i'm from bloody california or home and away or something so i must have <laughs> lost my accent so i'm, I'm actually going to make a you know a, a a conscious effort to increase my accent so anyway so going on to it we've got the uh the grain market's been uh, it's been a bit flat in the last twelve weeks. You know, we've gone from about three sixty twa to three sixty four in the last week. So twa twa dollars or twa quid if if you want it in the old money. So no much change really when you think about it. The main the main sort of things at the moment is still what's going to be happening in Australia. And I think, you know, it's all harvest. The rest of the world, it's all done. There's nay, nay, nothing to see here. And we're no likely to see much action for the likes of uh, the Black Sea or, or over, in, over in North America or South America. Europe's all done. So it's all just what's happening here, you know, in our neck of the woods. And in Australia at the moment, like I always say, you know, one of the, one of the problems in Australia at the moment is that still got a little bit of time to go. But we're so close now that there can't be much that can go pear shaped from here on in, you know, can't go, you know, belly up for here on in. And so, so that's, that's, that's basically the thing. Like we're not really seeing much in a way, uh, really much change can. And uh, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting that, you know, it's, it's gotten a bit boring, but that's what we expect. You know, we've always said this, you know, if we come into the back end of the year, there's no much happening. Whereas if you look at say, I don't can say June to, June to August. June to August is when it all happens. And because that's when the rest of the world's, you know, you know, reaping what it's sown, Ken. Are we gonna are we gonna be able to put this out with we can't do subtitles on a podcast, can we? So you have to just do that perfectly clear, man. It's perfectly clear. There was no problem at all there. That was a hundred percent Dunhamer accent, mm-hmm. Ken. <laughs> And my sister's just melted into her couch as she's listening to the podcast. 
So, but 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 to be fair, the only like the good thing we got at the moment is the fact that we, uh, you know, wheat's under its own steam. No longer are we following corn. You know, we're we're just moving along at our own pace. It's it's wheat driving itself. We look at our competitiveness. You know, we look at the wheat market. You know, if we go into the Mert to look at what's happening with wheat, we are competitive. You know, we're, we're getting our wheat off. We've got, you know, 32 million tons of wheat to leave these shores in the next eight months. And we're pricing well into Indonesia, into China, and we're not having to compete too much. We're not having to discount to massive amounts. So to me, it's all good. Again, the barley thing. I was surprised by the fact that, you know, you know, when we look at barley, it's still the price that the that the growers are receiving is still heavily discounted against what we would have been receiving if we hadn't had the uh, the tariff problems into China. It just it just sounds like a person from Australia trying to put on a Scottish <laughs> Well, you know what I can. So that's it. That's really it for for this week's for this week's week. That was that, was, that was Uncle Hamish on to <laughs> to provide an update. Very good, very good. So, so we've got some guests on next week, and mm. uh, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. Sounds that's good. A, a See quick you when you get them on. Ciao for now. See you later, pals. Good.